Welcome everyone to Resurrection Life Church in Cadillac, Michigan. Thank you for joining us today. We're so glad to have you with us and we pray that you encounter God's goodness through the message today. Great to see you guys. Awesome. Always good to be in, in church and man, just uh, getting our focus back on God. You know, it's easy during the week to, like I said before, we, you know, we pick up stuff, right? We carry stuff that God doesn't want to carry. It's a great time where we can get, kind of offload those things and, and be reminded that um, the, the word for this year is, uh, one of the words is um, the year of the Holy Spirit, uh, learning how to be led by the Spirit, um, getting to know the Holy Spirit. He's, he's, uh, he's part of the Trinity. He is God but, he, but he's here in, in, in a different way. You know, Jesus said, um, told his disciples, he said, hey, listen, I'm not going to be here forever. But when I go, it's good that I leave because it's to your advantage. So he was saying, when I go, I'm going to send you the Holy Spirit. And he's the one that's going to help us get things done. So I'll say it that way. So just uh, you, you're going to hear that language uh, about being led by the Spirit. Don't be, don't be afraid of that. It's awesome. It's just God showing us himself in a, in a different way, um, but very critical way for these last days. So we've been in this series called In Your Element, um, and we've been talking about finding your place and purpose in life. We're almost done. Don't miss next week, because next week it's going to be that, the, 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 compil- or the, the last part of it, but it's going to be important because we're bringing us to a place where we're, where we're wrapping up purpose all together, um, helping you find your place, finding your place in church, in life. Um, the, the Bible talks about church as a body, a body of Christ. In other words, we all have a part to play, and I just want us to all find that part and that place. So important when you find your place. Because God has for us places to go, people to meet, things to do, for the sole purpose of making a difference for Jesus. So one of the words uh, that we also had for this year was um, build. By the way, we, we get away every year, uh, Emily and I, we just pray for the church, pray over, over you guys, pray for you guys all the time, but this is a specific goal to hear from God for the year 2022. Um, and the word was build, say build. You could subtitle this message, let's get to work. Um, so we've gone through the why and the how of purpose. You see our target here. And I don't know if we, if we have the what, but if you can just imagine, there is a what that lasts. Yeah, there, thank you. There's the what. So, but, but go ahead and go back to the, how, the why and the how. And hopefully, if, as you've been tracking, it's so important to understand the why because when we, when we lose our why, we lose our way. But when we find our why, we find our way. And you can take this target into anything. How about your marriage? Why are you married? Why are you married? How about your family? Why do you have a family? You know, you, we've got to get to the place. We've got to answer the why. Why am I doing this? Why am I living? Why am I Christian? Things like that. When you can just hone in on figuring that out, you're, you're going to be great. And then how we do it, we do it with the Holy Spirit, with love, kindness, all the things that we're learning how to be a Christian or how we do what we do, which gets us to our what's. Thank you. There's our what. And the what we do is, is also this important part um, that causes us to, to, to move, move into what God wants us to do, the what's. So let me help you now with that because uh, I, I can't tell you specifically what to do or the career path to take, what decision to make right now in that area. But I can help you take the next step because purpose 
or destiny, if you want, whatever you want to call it, has levels that are discovered in steps. Say steps. So just taking a small step will reveal the next stop. That's how that works. The small step reveals the next stop, the next part of your purpose. Let me say it this way. You can't do everything, but you can do something. You can't do everything, but you can do something, right? So I want to help you find that. So first we need to establish this. God has work for us to do, right? As a Christian, as believers, followers of Jesus, God has work for us to do. Ephesians 2.10, for we are God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Amen? We agree with that. He has created us to do something, and in this sense, good works, that we should fulfill them. These works are the what of our purpose. What we do is that motivating element to fulfill what God wants us to fulfill. When we don't know what to do, we find ourselves stuck or stalled in life. For example, like we meet with so many different people and there's a lot of different challenges that come up, but you know, we, we, we love helping marriages go to the next level. And sometimes marriages just get stuck because they don't know what to do. We know why they're married. They love each other. They're trying to be kind and tender, learning all that stuff. But, but sometimes there's just this thing that they, so I would say, hey, here's a what. Pray together. Grab hands and pray. That's a what. How about invest in a marriage conference? Go, get away for a couple days and invest in your marriage. Buy a book. Sit down with someone who's a counselor or, or someone in the ministry and help. Come on, you guys, you know what I'm, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's a what. When you, when you just do that what, it'll get your marriage to the next level. And really in anything in life, right? We just don't want to stall. We want to keep going. So what do I do, Dan? Well, let me say this again. Your next step is your next stop. God's calling us to action. Starts with a step and continues with steps. We look at David from killing a giant to becoming a king, Moses from floating down a river to parting a Red Sea, and Joshua from alone with God in a tent to leading millions into their promised land. They discovered levels, levels of their destiny with simple steps of obedience. Sometimes we get stuck because we're afraid. We can allow discouragement and defeat to creep in, keep us from our purpose. But God's goal is to develop us, strengthen us, Cause us to keep stepping. Let me just read this to you. In 1816, at seven years old, his family was forced out of their home and he had to work to support them. Seven. Two years later, his mom died. Fast forward into his 20s, failed in business, ran for legislature in 1832, he lost. And that same year, he lost his job and was denied admission to law school. Borrowed some money from a friend in 1833 and began to began a business. By the end of the year, went bankrupt. He spent the next 17 years of his life paying off that debt. 1834, ran for state legislature and won. Things are looking up. Next year, was engaged to be married. Sweetheart died. He was heartbroken. 1836, had a total nervous breakdown and was in bed for six months. 1838, sought to become speaker of the state legislature. He was defeated 1840, defeated. 1843, ran for Congress, lost. 1846, ran for Congress, he won. 
Things are looking up. 1848, ran for Congress, lost. Sought a job as a, a land officer of home state, rejected. Ran for Senate of the United States, lost. Sought the vice presidential nomination at his party's national convention, only got 20 votes. The winner got 523. 1858, ran for the Senate, lost. <laughs> Great time in church today. Listen, 1860, 44 years later, Abraham Lincoln, there you go. Abraham Lincoln was elected president of the United States. And one of Lincoln's keys to overcoming all that stuff was his focus on a greater purpose that gave him a reason to live even when he felt like giving up. He wrote Quentin Campbell in 1862, he said, Adhere to your purpose and you will soon feel as well as you ever did. Why am I here? Right? We, we ask the question, like, what's the purpose of life? You're going to get down in life if you don't find it, right? God wants you to discover it. So Lincoln's central goal, his main purpose was end slavery and bring unity. Very spiritual, this guy was. But even a greater key was his need for God. Please hear this, his need for God. Lincoln used his faith to strengthen him in those times of hardship and depression. His belief in God, listen, gave him the ability to let go when his responsibility became too great. Do you hear that? He learned how to let go when his responsibility became too great. He said, I've been driven many times to my knees by the overwhelming conviction that I had nowhere else to go but God. Woo! His faith with his purpose propelled him forward. Purpose. I found there are two people who hold the key to purpose. You and Jesus, me and Jesus. Purpose fulfilled is when God's will meets man's free will and there's a cooperation, there's a partnership, and, and, and then there's a work. Okay, here's this verse one more time. I'm getting somewhere. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his, work, say workmanship. Man, that sounds awesome. Look at those words. Work, this is just man. This is just everywhere. Workmanship. Sounds like you're going somewhere. Sounds like you're doing something. That sounds tough. Tough. Right? Could be work womanship, work man, whatever it is, but created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. We say it this way. In other words, God has the blueprint, He's just looking for your footprint. God has a blueprint, just looking for your footprint, my footprint. The willingness to walk in your purpose. So Dan, okay, what works do I do in the church and outside the church? Well, let's start here first. John 14, 12 through 14 says, I tell you the truth, Jesus said, anyone who believes in me, say believes in me, will do the same works I have done. Did you know what Jesus did? Did you, have you read the things he did? Oh, wow. The Bible says that even all the things that Jesus did, if you were to count, if you were to record them, all the books in the world couldn't even hold what was done. I'm like, what? Three and a half years 
What was going on here? Oh, there were so many things happening that we don't even read about in the Bible. That, but but he, said, he said this, verse 12 again, I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I've done, even greater works, because I'm going to be with the Father. Verse 13, you can ask for, you can ask for anything in my name and I will do it. So that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Verse 14, you can ask anything in my name and I'll do it. He's talking about works here. Listen, this is Jesus getting really excited about your work. Not his work. He's like, oh man, I did a lot of great things. But I can't wait to see what you're going to do. I cannot wait to see what you're going to do. That's what he's saying. And this verse gives us the key to our what to do first. This is, this is very key. And it's simply believe in Jesus. Say believe in Jesus. It's the first and more, most important work. Right? That makes sense. Jesus is the very center of our faith. He's the foundation. Not, not our values, not our doctrine, not the denomination, not, 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 not the things that we think are our first Sometimes we just pick apart scriptures and we, we focus on, a, on a, a something in the, in, in, in the Bible and we're missing Jesus. We're missing his heart because we're so focused on something. No, no, no. Let Jesus be the one that, that's your center, right? The core of your faith, believing in Jesus. So Jesus says this right here in John 6, 28 and 29. He says, they replied, look at the disciples, so what should we do if we want to do God's work? Saying, put us to work. And Jesus said, Listen, the work you can do for God starts with believing in the one he has sent. That's it. Believe in Jesus. This is where it starts, you guys. It's the first work. It's the most important work. All other work comes from this one. So his disciples had it backwards. And I just believe this. They, they came and they were so excited. Man, we want to do all this stuff. We want to do that stuff, right? They were ambitious, but Jesus said, listen. Don't get this backwards. He said, hey, boys, keep the main thing the main thing. Keep your eyes on me. Keep believing in me, and greater works will follow. But this isn't just a one-time work, believing in Jesus. This is a daily work. Wherever you are in life, whatever you do, the first work is to believe in Jesus. So let me ask you this question. Is Jesus at work at home? Is Jesus at work at your work? Is Jesus at work in your school? See, if not, start your day by saying, I believe in Jesus. Just say, say, I believe in Jesus. That's all you got to do. When you get up in the morning, I believe in Jesus. When you say, I believe in Jesus, what's going to happen is he's going to lead you into some other works. Really cool things. But he's got to start there. I believe in Jesus. That's the first work. And the rest will follow. Well, what works will follow, Dan? Let me show you. Another great question, by the way, whoever asked that. Here they are. Look at Luke 4, 18 through 19. Let's just read it together on the count of three. Ready? One, two, three. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, to recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Come on. First, let me tell you this, when Jesus stood up in church that day, that's what it was, he went to church, 
regularly, people, somebody would get up and they'd, they'd open up the Bible and they would read these verses, right? He gets up, the Son of God, this is early on in, in, his, in, his, uh, in his ministry here. It really hasn't even started much yet. It's about to happen. And he gets up in church, he opens up the Bible, and look at he opens up the Bible and he saw himself. He saw himself. He's like, there I am. Luke 4, right there. He's reading the Old Testament, Isaiah. There I am, right there. He's reading there. He saw himself. He was looking at his purpose, his mission, his work. And when you read this verse, you will see the same. You will find your purpose. The Bible says that this Bible is a mirror. It's a mirror. That's what it is. So that when you open this Bible, this amazing book, this best-selling book of all time, that's not just a best-selling book. It is a power. It is power. It is power. This book is power right here. It is power. Try it. You'll like it. When you open this book, it is actually a mirror. And what happens is you begin to see God but you begin to see you because we're created in his image. All of a sudden you're like, oh, there I am. There I am. I, I, I'm seeing now who I am. It's a mirror. It's a mirror. When you're looking at it, you'll know who you are and you'll know what to do. But when you walk away from it, you'll quickly forget who you are and what to do. So I say keep looking into the mirror. Keep looking into the mirror. Keep your eyes focused on Jesus. Crack open that Bible. Take it off the top shelf. Take the dust off of it. Come on. Get it. Get, open your Bible app. Whatever you got. The Bible. Just get, your, get this in front of your face. And you'll see who you are. I know it's tough to stay focused. I know it's, it gets easy, it's easy to get distracted. But thank God we have help. Here we go. Because we have the helper. Look at this verse, Luke 4, 18 through 19. I want you to see you. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for he has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. Don't miss that first part. We need the Holy Spirit to accomplish these works. Jesus is saying, I need the Holy Spirit. Jesus, the Messiah, Son of God, says, I need the Holy Spirit to do all the works I'm going to do. If he needed the Holy Spirit, how much more do I need the Holy Spirit? <laughs> we have a Holy Spirit anointing as well and power to accomplish the calling and the works. See, if you have Jesus, you have the anointing. Well, I don't feel anointed. Never go by feelings. Only go by the fact. Of what Jesus says. Check this out. 1 John 2.20. Just say, I'm anointed. Look at this. But you have an anointing from the Holy One and you know all things. Woo! Now, now that doesn't mean that, that you know, you, you know, like, I know all things. Like, I, I know everything. I'm learning, right? But he's saying, you have an anointing and you know Jesus. And you're connected to Jesus. And you are connected to the power source of the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying. You know all those things, right? Say this. Here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And the Holy Spirit has anointed me to bring good news. 
That's right. You are anointed to bring good news. You're not anointed to bring bad news. You're not anointed to bring sad news. You're not anointed to bring old news. You're not anointed to gossip. <laughs> Come on. You're anointed to bring good news. And everybody needs good news. Especially in these days. And you are anointed to bring it. You're anointed to bring it. See, we all have problems in, in the world. We all have problems in, and there's problems in the world. But, but listen, the answer is not found in politics or social programs, well-oiled committees. It's only found in the power of the good news, the gospel. The resurrection power and message of Jesus Christ. Here's the good news. Jesus is here to rescue you from the power of darkness. He's here to set you free, to destroy the works of the enemy, to lift your heaviness, to defeat your depression, to set your feet on stable and solid ground, and to deliver real hope and destiny to you personally. Romans 1.16, Paul says, For I am not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It is the power of God at work saving everyone who believes the Jew first and also the Gentile. It is the power. Yes, Jesus has the power, but it, the good news, is the power. Did you hear that? Don't be perplexed. It's the power. It's like the good news. It's the power of the Christian. I'm not sure if you knew this, but the devil does not have the power. The world does not have this power. We who belong to Jesus have this power. We are the head and not the tail. We're above and not beneath. We trample on snakes and scorpions. We are more than conquerors because we have the resurrection power of Jesus living in us. That's good news. I think they got that wrong. I think it's great news. Right? Why didn't they call it great news? See, without the good news, not much happens. But when we bring it, watch out. Turn to your neighbor and just say this. To your neighbor, say, bring it. Bring it. Bring it. <laughs> bring it. Right? We used to say that when we were kids, man. Come on, bring it. Bring it. On the basketball court, bring it. And sometimes I got it handed to me too. But um, bring it. But we, we, we have this confidence to say, come on, we can bring it. We can bring the good news. We have an absolute privilege and honor to see God's power work through us, messengers of the good news, the gospel. These days we have many ways to do that. A one-on-one -on -one conversation, sharing a verse through a text message, a phone call, a letter, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, Facebook. Hey, if you're still, if, if, if you're still uh, you know, uh, working telegraph, man, go for that too. You can go telegraph, that's all right. Listen, there are plenty of ways to bring the good news with our words. But listen, the good news is not just words, but words with action. Words with help, like give a card but bring a pie. Tell them they have purpose, but give them some provision. Tell them about the good news, and if you have one, bring them a good job. Go ahead and give some wisdom, and feel free to give some money to someone in need. Bring the good news. Listen, who in your life right now needs good news? The question is, will you bring it? Will I bring it? Turn to your neighbor and say this. Turn to your neighbor and say, you're anointed? 
sounds so sad when you say it. Listen, you're anointed <laughs> to bring it. There you go. Well, there's so much more. It's not just the good news. It gets even better. Look at this. Luke 4, 18 through 19. The Spirit of the Lord is on me because he has anointed me to preach the good news. And he has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. Say this. The Spirit of the Lord is on me. And the Holy Spirit has anointed me to heal the brokenhearted. What do I do? Heal the broken parts of people's lives. Do you know that? I'm so glad he said brokenhearted. I'm, listen, I'm all for the healing of the whole person. Like Jesus wants to heal all, the whole. He's looking, at, he's looking at people's lives all the way around. But I'll tell you something. That there, there's just some healing that needs to happen on the inside of a person. Uh, Jesus is the healer. You are a healer, right? Don't, don't put all pressure on yourself. You're not the healer. He's the healer, but you are a healer. You're an instrument by God. We're, we're the hands of God in this, in this, on this earth, healing hands with healing words. Look around society. People are sick or stressed out, despair. Many at the absolute limit, desperate for answers. And they don't want philosophical philosophical ideas. They, they, they don't want my opinion. They need an encounter with Jesus, a real encounter with Jesus Christ. He wants to heal the whole person, mind, soul, spirit, and body, but it starts in the heart. It starts on the inside. Healing the brokenhearted, man. Being there for someone when their heart is hurting, being ready to pray for them and love them and heal them. Look how Jesus commissions us for work in Matthew 10.8. I love this. He gets right to the point. Heal the sick. He didn't say go home, pray about it, uh, think about it. No, he says flat out, this is what I want you to do. Okay, guys, I'm sending you out. Ladies, I'm sending you out. Go heal the sick. What? Yes. That's it. Heal those who are struggling emotionally, spiritually, and physically. God calls us healers. Your love, your gift, his anointing, your action will start the healing process. See, healing is a promise from God that cannot be broken by him. God doesn't break promises. He breaks chains. Please hear this, right? Numbers, it says, uh, he says, listen, I'm not a man that I should lie, God says, nor a son of man that I should re repent. Have I not said and will I not do? That's our dad. Right? God doesn't break promises. He breaks chains. So go ahead and heal the brokenhearted. We all have them. We all got people. And let me just say this. Start in your own home. Start with your, your friends, right? I guarantee we all got people in our lives that, that need healing. Their hearts are broken. They're, they're struggling. They're worried. They're, they're fearful. They're, they're struggling on the inside. Well, go ahead. Go ahead. And say this. Say, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And the Holy Spirit has anointed me to set the captives free. Recognizing those around you who are trapped in a prison of despair, defeat, worry, heaviness, confusion, self-destruction, and leading them to Jesus and freedom. Come on.
We all have them. We've been there. We've been that very person who was, we were so stuck. We were so stuck at one point in time that we didn't know what to do. And maybe someone came along and prayed for you, spoke truth to you, and, 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 the, and God's spirit came and set you free, right? Have you, I've been there. I've been there multiple times. Usually cute little Emily that comes along and just boom, tells me the truth. Prays over me, loves on me. She doesn't pray some, by the way, if you're ever around her, she doesn't pray some quick little prayer. She prays this prayer that just covers you. Oh my goodness. That could be like a 10, 15 minute prayer, but just a God's covering of love and truth. Like what I'm saying is learn from that example. Take your time when you're praying. Get to know them. Find out what's really going on inside their heart. Find out what the struggle is and take time to pray. Take time to speak. And take time to love on them, right? That's what God wants. Not these little quick little, you know, wave of a magic wand. Isaiah 42, 6 and 7 says this. I, the Lord, have called you to demonstrate my righteousness. I'll take you by the hand. Don't worry about it and I'll guard you. And I'll give you to my people, Israel, as a symbol of my covenant with them. And you will be a light to guide the nations. You will open the eyes of the blind. You will free the captives from prison, releasing those who sit in dark dungeons. Think about someone right now that you know that might be sitting in darkness or despair. Maybe you are, okay? Go, go talk to someone. Go say, I need, I need some help. I need prayer. We love to pray for you. There's so many people in this body that just go, yeah. You know why? Because they've been there. They've been there. They've been there. I've been there. Emily's been there. We've all been there. See, you and I have the authority to set them free. We have an anointing to set them free. With a verse, with truth, a prayer, your praise, his presence, your love will open prison doors, will break the chains. So I say to you, go ahead and set the captives free. And say this, say the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And the Holy Spirit has anointed me to open blind eyes. Literally, morally, and ethically, and most important, spiritually. Praying for the eyes of the heart to be enlightened. Shining your, your light into dark places so that others can see their way out. Speaking the truth in love. Let me ask you this. Let me ask me this. What are we doing? What are you doing to open their eyes? Because people are watching. They're paying attention. I think when I first gave my heart to Jesus and God put me in this, this large corporation. And I had this job where, where, I, where I was just meeting all these people, learning the corporation, just getting in all these different departments. But at about noon every day, because I was a brand new Christian, I, I all didn't know anything. I just, I just said, I'm going to sit down and really know anybody yet, many people. I'm going to sit down, open up my Bible, and I'm going to have a little blank piece of paper there. And I'm just going to start knowing people and praying for them. That's all I said, praying that their eyes would be open, that they would start hearing from God. And so I'd put my Bible down, and people would walk past my cubicle, and they'd go, oh, what you reading? Oh, are you a Christian? Oh, what's that book? Oh, it's a Bible promise book. Oh. Hey, all of a sudden, you know what? They walk by. Hey, man, would you, would you pray for me? Yeah, got you right here. 
put your name right here. And all of a sudden that list turned from one to many, many people on this list that I'd sit down at the same time, open up at the same time, open my Bible, and I would look at this list, pray for people. God would send me to them, give them a book, give them a CD, whatever it was, right? In a short period of time, eyes were being opened, ears were being opened to the gospel. And all it took was one dude like me who didn't know much about anything just to sit down and open up the light of God's word, open up my heart to pray for people, and God did the rest. You can do that, right? You can do that. It wasn't a whole lunch because I got hungry. Listen, I'd usually about five, ten minutes, open up the word, boom, 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 go eat some lunch. You can pray that and be that. You can do just what Elijah did. Look at this, 2 Kings 6, 17. We're winding down here. Then Elisha prayed, O Lord, open his eyes. Talking about his servant because he was all afraid. He was afraid and scared about what was happening around him. And let him see. The Lord opened the young man's eyes, and when he looked up, he saw that the hillside around Elisha was filled with horses and chariots of fire and angels. That's what they were seeing. They were seeing all, all of a sudden God's army came to the forefront when, when Eli, Elisha prayed for a servant. So you can start praying for that today. For family and friends, you can say, Lord, open their eyes. You know why? Because you are anointed to open the eyes of the blind. Look at Luke 14 again. Go, go to Luke 14. Let's just look at this. I'm going to read this again. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor, the good news. He sent me to heal bro brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind. And listen, to set at liberty those who are oppressed. Say this. Say the Spirit of the Lord is on me. And the Holy Spirit has anointed me to defeat oppression. Mm. To set at liberty those who are oppressed, those who are weighed down with fear and worry and anxiety, those who are being harassed by a demonic influence. Are you telling me that I have the power to do that? Yes. We are to follow the example of Jesus, right? We are to do what he did, right? Agree? Acts 10.38. <clears throat> see if you see you in the scripture. And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth, our big brother, with the Holy Spirit, with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. You are anointed to pray for someone who's being harassed and abused and oppressed by a spiritual enemy. You have the power and authority to destroy the works of the devil. So I just say, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Don't be afraid of that. It's glorious. It's awesome. It's not, it doesn't have to be weird. Sometimes, I'm, I'm telling you, there are times when the environment in our, you know, in, the, in a place that we're at just needed some, 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 some warfare, right? Needed some, took some time. There are times when I've been under heavy attacks by the, have you ever been under a heavy attack by the enemy? You know, like, like you just you recognize, wait a minute, there's something else is going on here? Come on, maybe you didn't realize it. I have. 
I have many times where I'm like, this is spiritual happening right here. It's a very spiritual thing. And thank God there was, there was you know, I had s- someone around me, people around me that recognized it and were able to take authority over it. Right? Oh, this, this isn't, this isn't um, oh, this is a spiritual thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we don't war against flesh and blood. We war against principalities, powers, spiritual wicked hosts and wickedness and, and evil places. That, like, that's who we war against, right? We don't talk about that enough. But we need to recognize when that happens. A lot of times we just, there's a couple things we do to help people get rid of oppression. Please let them talk about it. Please let people talk about it about what's going on in them. Not gossip, right? But find out, find out what, but I just believe this all my heart. If you can talk about it, you can get free from it. We tend to stuff so much inside. Like we think, we think we can't talk. Listen, the church, this church, our church should be a place, a safe place. We have some people in our life saying, I got to talk about this stuff. I got to talk about this. I got to talk about it. I got to get it off. My, my, my chest, I got to get it out of me. I got to, whatever the stuff has been weighing, I got to talk about it. Talk to someone about it. If you can talk about it, you can get free from it. That's one tip, right? Here's another one. Just go get some good praise and worship on. <laughs> go, go put a, go, I mean, the word, all that stuff works, right? But if you don't know what to do, you feel like you just don't have the strength, just go, go find, find some good worship music and put, like, put it on, right? And let the presence of God move in that environment and fight and war for you because you can't do it on your own, in your own strength. You can't, right? So there's a lot of things we can do to, 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 to uh, defeat oppression, not only in our own lives, but in other people's lives. How do you know if someone's oppressed? It'll be written all over their face. When someone's been attacked and just harassed and abused, right? It, the, the, they're gonna, their face is gonna contort. You know, it's they're, they're gonna be worried and stressed out, and and everything. They're gonna be down. They're gonna be looking down. You guys, know what I'm talking about, come on, right? We've all been there, by the way. Like sometimes I look at me like, what is wrong with me? <laughs> Rejoice in the Lord. <laughs> you know, didn't realize that I was under attack in different ways. I was probably beating myself. You, you guys, are you okay with that? Like, like. The Bible says, as water reflects face, so the heart reflects the person. In other words, there's something going on on the inside that's causing my face either to be bright and happy and joyful or to be fearful and worried, right? So it tells us what to look for. And be, if, you, if you love those people, hey man, what's going on? What, what, what's happening? Are you okay? Are you okay? Hey, let's talk about it. Come, come meet with me. Let's just sit down and talk about it. Let's get that stuff out. That's what church should be. I heard this really incredible stat that I'm I, I, that someone said that that when when all when 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 people started struggling emotionally, like back in the day, um, there, there was you know I, we all have seasons where the emotional thing happens where we're, we're struggling in our mental health, right? Um, and they they said. They said that stay away, if you're ever struggling with mental health, stay away from strict religious environments. People that are putting more on you, okay? 
so th- this is really important. Um, like, get, get into places where you can offload. Like we try to offload. You can let the Holy Spirit move. Like, get into spirit-filled environments. And also authentic relationships, right? You guys hear that? That's what the church is, and that's what we're all working towards. We're maturing t- to that, right? And not just in church, but in your home. Find people. Man, find you. If you got one or two of people like that, you're golden. Get with them, right? Whenever anybody meets with me, I just say, listen, my motto, what's happens in Vegas stays in Vegas. I just say, what happened? What, what's said here stays here. I don't, we, we talk about it, I give it to God, and I move on. I'm not going to, I don't shout that around town. It's just ridiculous. Right? I just say, get it done. Let's let God burn it up. <laughs> let him take it. And I got someone else I got I to gotta talk with. I got to minister, move on. I love you, but you know what? I don't, I don't I, I'm not going to go there. Right? And we all should be that. If someone shares something with you, Come on, what happens here, what's said here, stays here. We give it to God and we move forward. Stay away from the gossipers. And lastly, here we go. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, say it. And the Holy Spirit has anointed me to declare God's favor. In other words, you can go to someone today, tomorrow, and forever and say, you can tell them that they can have a new beginning, that they can have a fresh start, that the debt has been paid in full, the slate has been wiped clean. Luke 4, 19, and the time of the Lord's favor is right now. You can tell people about the goodness of God, the kindness of God, the love of God, the favor of God. His favor is given to anyone who wants it. So when Jesus stood up in church that day and read that verse out of Luke 4, when he stood up that day, he said, today the scripture that you are hearing is fulfilled. It it made a lot of people mad (laughs) that day to read it. Like they want to take him out. When you gave your heart to Jesus... The scripture was fulfilled. Those verses we just read, that's you. That's me. That's it. Done. We don't have, we don't have to go to the seminary for 10 years of, to do this. No, 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 you got it. You're anointed. You have the power of the Holy Spirit. You can do all those works that we just talked about. This is the what that we do as Christians. Listen, so I could tell you what to do, but you won't know what to do if you don't see yourself in the verses I just read. You don't have to do all those, but you can do one. You can do one with the help of the Holy Spirit. So let's stand together as we finish. We're, we're done, but I want, you, I want to read this out loud as we leave. I want you to know God is, is, and by the way, this is not hard stuff. Like, like the last thing we want to do is put more stuff on us, right? This is just an easy flow, right? Easy flow. Say this in the count. Let's just read this together. Count of three. One, two, three. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. 
He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty those who are oppressed, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord. Now say this, say I'm anointed to bring good news. I'm anointed to heal the brokenhearted. I'm anointed to set the captives free. I'm anointed to open blind eyes. I'm anointed to defeat oppression. And I'm anointed to declare God's favor. And say this morning, say, Lord, let these verses be fulfilled in my life in Jesus' name. Amen, 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 amen. We're honored that you are with us today. Please connect with us because we want to get to know you. Head to our website, getreslife.org. That's G-E-T-R-E-S-L-I-F-E dot org. And like us on Facebook, Resurrection Life Church Cadillac, for upcoming events and information and ways to connect. God bless you and have a beautiful week.